0: Uh, children are being dismissed to Children's Church at this time, and you can turn your Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter number 1, and always thankful for our praise and worship team. As you can see, the, uh, the, uh, the stage behind me, uh, or the platform, however you want to call it, but uh, uh, we are getting ready for Vacation Bible School this week, and so um, we're excited for that, and I uh, ask that you all be in prayer for us, as we do have our Vacation Bible School, um, and uh, very thankful for all those who are participating and helping with our Vacation Bible School uh, this week. Um, so, As you pray for VBS, pray for those folks um, who, who do all that, uh, who are doing all the hard work, uh, the heavy lifting, as it were, uh, because uh, I don't know if you know this, kids can test your patience. Um, they've been known to do it, and so... Uh, so we want to. Uh, we want to. Of course, we want to engage with these kids uh, with uh, with fun and with a lot of love and laughter, and uh, and, and let the, the truth of the word be that which uh, penetrates their heart. Uh, listen. Uh, let's just uh, let's just bow one more time and uh, ask the Lord to be with us as we uh, as we go to His Word. Uh, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for who you are. Uh, God, I pray, and I just uh, thank you for your Word. Uh Lord, I pray and I ask that you'd be with us today, that we would re- be good recipients of your word. Uh, Jesus said, let those who have ears to hear, hear. So Lord, uh, might we hear your voice today. Uh, God, I pray and I ask that, uh, that we receive your word because we need some encouragement today. or Maybe we need some counsel today. Maybe we need some consolation today. Lord, give us the word that we need, each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, uh, we need your word so that we can remember, we can center our lives on uh, your leading and your guiding us today. Uh, We're going to go out into this week and we're going to be faced with a lot of situations in which we could act uh, as as we think we want to act or we can act as your spirit leads us to act. And so, God, uh, I pray that uh, your word would, uh, would illumine uh, how you want us to behave this week. And, Lord, uh, we want to do this for the good of this world. We, we trust that your way is the way that brings life and peace and joy. Uh, we believe that the way of our flesh and the way of this world uh, <laughs> brings death and hostility and sorrow. And so, God, we want to live like you want us to live for the good of this world, but also we want to live like you want us to live because we want to be living testimonies. We want to be lively testimonies of this good news uh, that in the midst of this broken and ruinous and rebellious, hostile, hateful, hurtful world, there is a God who loves us with a love everlasting. Uh, God, might we be good witnesses of this good news. Uh, Prepare us and equip us so that we can live our lives as living testimonies. We pray these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. Uh, We've been uh, walking through uh, the book of 1 Peter. And uh, as we come to the text today, we're going to get to this point where Peter says uh, to the uh, to the uh, newly minted exiles. uh, He's going to tell them that uh, the same spirit that was at work in the prophets uh, is the same spirit through whom they received the good news. And, uh, and, and it's going to be uh, our, our, our consideration that he says uh, this thing about the same spirit because he wants to uh, not only, uh, he wants to bring them into continuity with the prophets and in the, in the way uh, that has been before, but also uh, also uh, he just wants to encourage them uh, that, uh, that they're not part of something brand new. Uh, they are, they are, they are joining a rich heritage and they are new couriers of an ancient legacy. And that's what we're gonna see in a few minutes. But before we get there, let's remind ourselves uh, what's, what's going on? What, why are we even having this series, Chosen Exiles? Well, uh, we understand uh, it's, our, it's our supposition that the historical uh, moment that Peter was writing into was he was writing to these people who had, who had for either by force or by their own free will, they had left Rome and they were now occupying new colonies um, in uh, Upper Asia Minor in the middle of the first century, uh, uh, 80 or CE, however you want to say it. And so, uh, these, these, these disciples of Jesus had left Rome, like I said, either by their own free will, because they saw opportunity in upper Asia minor, or maybe whenever, um, Claudius, uh, exiled, uh, uh, Jews, uh, from Rome, they might've been, uh, deported from Rome um, under, that, uh, under that deportation uh, because they were causing a stir about this man named Jesus. Um, and so they were occupying these colonies in Upper Asia Minor. Uh, Peter is writing to them, and he's saying, hey, you who are actually living exilic lives... Let me encourage you, you are not just exiles in Upper Asia Minor, but as disciples of Jesus Christ, you are exiles, you're spiritual exiles in this world. This is not your home. This is not the place that you are going to find, um, you know, your your comfort, your satisfaction, your safety, your security, your hopes, your dreams uh, fulfilled fully. There is an inheritance waiting for you, and it is reserved in heaven, and it's It it is kept by the power of God, and you are kept by the power of God through your faith. And so He wants to encourage them. Hey, listen! I know you can. You who are in this, in this, in this new, strange, foreign land, take courage, take heart. And as such, He doesn't just want to say you have a a new place reserved for you. He says you don't get uh, as new citizens, as as foreign citizens in this strange land. You. Uh, You live by another uh, sovereign lord and king. You live by another cultural set of values. And they're never going to line up with the the society that you find yourself in. And if they don't line up with the society that you find yourself in, that's going to bring upon you some hard times. People are going to talk about you. People might even do worse than just say uh, nasty things behind your back. They might make false accusations against you. They might bring... Actual court trials against you, they might actually hurt you because you are different. And he wants them to be encouraged to live like Jesus in the midst of that. We are looking at this book because I find uh, pastorally that there are a lot of Christians, there are a lot of Christians in our present moment right now who are thinking that our culture is, is in, our, in our ever-changing culture, that it is becoming more hostile to their values as believers of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, uh, I would argue that as Christians, we should have always been seeing ourselves as exiles, even in America. Uh, I would argue that that, that it was a myth that there ever was such a thing as Christian America. Uh, uh, And we could look through our society and we could look at a whole bunch of ways in which America has failed to uphold the values of Jesus Christ throughout our history. However, a lot of us who were feeling very comfortable in America for a long time are now going, oh no, I don't feel comfortable in America. And here's what I'm seeing instead of us being very courageous and, and, and looking to the Spirit to help order our steps in the midst of this, a lot of us are becoming very afraid. And out of our fear, instead of listening to the Spirit, we are listening to the pundits. And, uh, and we are listening to all the people uh, who, who, who are afraid. A lot of pastors, I see this happening pastorally, I see pastors wringing their hands as it were. Oh no, what are we gonna do? They like we've forgotten that Jesus said the gates of hell will never prevail against my church and my people. No, instead of saying that, oh no, what's happening? what world is our, our kids being raised into? And these are real fears. Do not get me wrong. But instead of looking to the Lord and getting courage, strength, and conviction for how we are supposed to live in the character of Jesus Christ, in our fear, we are listening to the pundits. And we are acting like the world. People are saying, you know what? I'll just be as nasty as they are to me. And I've seen Christians celebrate being nasty to people who, who think and have whole different values in them. That should not be. We should not be the people who sound like the world. And when, whenever our political uh, uh, heroes are nasty to people, we go, oh, look at them. They got them. Instead of going, that's not how we act as disciples of Jesus Christ instead of us taking a stand on our convictions and looking like Jesus in the midst of this fearful situation sadly sadly i have seen far too many of us who claim the name of Christ looking looking beggarly like this world behaving ourselves like the world and as your pastor as pastor of this church what i want us to do is i want us to always keep our eyes towards jesus christ and say how did christ face hard times not just that he faced hard times what way did he face hard times see I have this conviction when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus cried out to his father and he said, if there's any other way, let this cut pass from me nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want, or not what my will, but your will be done. I I have this conviction that Jesus isn't just saying, hey God, I know you really want me to die on the cross. I have this thing, this conviction that when Jesus says not my will, but your will be done, it's I, if I have to face this cross, I want to do it like you want me to do it. And Jesus faced the cross in a very unique, specific way. Peter's going to talk about this in his book. Whenever Jesus was mocked, and they pulled out his beard and they and they spit on his face jesus did not mock at them he did not say i know i am uh, i know you are but what am i right he didn't say these things he did not spit back at them he did not act violently towards them he endured it he he bore our sins physically he bore the wrong of other people to on him jesus said If I wanted to, I could call thousands upon thousands of angels and they could come and they could rescue me and they could probably kick butt and take names, don't y'all think? Oh no, he said butt, right? (laughs) Uh, No. uh, uh, But Jesus said, that's not the way that God wants me to act. That's not in God's will. So whenever I think about doing things in God's will, it's not so much what I do, although that's involved. It's how I do, how I face any challenge that's in my way. And I don't do well all the time. I don't do well. Uh, so, um, if somebody criticizes me, I, I have a hard time with that sometimes. You know, I'm, I I wish like I can be like super great uh, in a lot of in a lot of moments. But if somebody asks like challenges. Something that I just did, like, and not, and I, let me tell you, you can come and tell me, hey, Macaulay, let's have a conversation. I'm saying, whenever somebody make, makes an accusation, like, did you even think about this? That really gets under my skin. <laughs> that really makes me like, I can, I can tell you, the spirit just goes like out of my body and flesh just, <laughs> just envelops, and it's just like, oh my goodness, like, why would you, well, am I an idiot? Have I, you know, I mean, all the wrong impulses of my life come, In those moments. And so I know. Hey you know what. It's in those moments that I really need to go. God I need to be shaped and formed by your spirit. (sighs) So y'all can pray for me in that can't you. Right. So. Peter. Is talking to people. Who actually historically. We suppose. Were exiles. He tells them, as disciples of Jesus, you actually are exiles. We can identify with this because a lot of us are finding ourselves foreigners in a place that we once found home. And what we need to do is instead of giving in to all of our fears, And again, and I've said it all throughout this, the fears are real. They're true. But instead of giving in to them or fighting against them in the way that this world would fight against them, we need to be very courageous to face them looking like, acting like, behaving like Jesus. And that's exactly what Peter does throughout this, throughout this letter. And as we've seen over the last few weeks, what Peter does is he begins by encouraging them that, hey, you are newly born citizens. You've been given a new birth through your faith in Jesus's resurrection. You've been given new life because of your faith in Jesus's resurrection. This, this gives you a promised inheritance. This inheritance is reserved in heaven for you right? And you are kept, you are protected, you are guarded by God through your faith. When you trust in Jesus Christ, you you enter into this covenant agreement in which God says, I am going to protect you, not from harm and all the dangers as some people would have you suppose. God never promised that. And we're going to see that here in just a moment, but he will protect us To bring us to this place of salvation when Jesus returns. What that means is even when we die, we are assured that there will be resurrection one day. Just like there was resurrection for Jesus. When we go to the place of the dead, as the Old Testament would call it, Sheol, right? The realm of the dead. When we go there, God protects us. And one day we will be raised up to him. We are kept by the power of God now in our lives and even through death unto the resurrection. And he goes on and he says, okay, so I want to encourage you with this. You've been given this, you've been newly born into this new community. And he says, now here's, let's just deal with some realities. He says, you're going to face some hard times because as exiles, you don't have the political clout. You don't have the uh, public influence. You don't even have the familial ties to the land um, in which you live. And you are, you will live by a whole different set of cultural values. And so that's going to bring upon you some hard times. He says don't be so afraid of the hard times you should face these hard times with this courage that says you know what if i really trust that jesus is ruling and reigning at the right hand of god then i will not fear what man can do to me and if i really believe that then i can face this and i could say this trial will actually prove my faith genuine." This will actually reveal that, yes, I am a little half cocked. I'm a little crazy. I'm a little cuckoo. I believe that this guy, 2,000 years ago, died on the cross, and on the third day, he rose from death. I really believe that. I really believe that 40 days later, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he is right now, he's the one who's in all authority and rule. And I know we look at this world and we go, no, Russia's a power and China's a power and America's a power. And we're all going, what's going to happen? Hey, guess what? I know that Jesus is the ultimate authority. And by his authority, I'm going to live and I'm going to conduct my life. By his authority and by his will, I'm going to face, face difficult people. So whenever somebody, man, y- y'all know what I saw yesterday or th- the other day, a guy and I've never seen this. A guy, uh, I hear, hear yelling behind me. I, I look in my rearview mirror. This guy is at this guy's window, and he's rah 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 rah. You cut me off. Oh no, the worst thing that could ever happen in the world is to be cut off. I know we can say it right now, but if you've ever been cut off, it feels terrible, doesn't it? You, it, it right now we go. Oh, that's silly, but when it happens to you, hey buddy watch where you're going, mister, you know, or worse, right, <laughs> let me just, uh, let me salute you, right, uh, but the, the guy is yelling, and, and and I see the guy in the car, He and he goes for his console, I know exactly what's going on in that console, don't you, and the guy at the window goes like this, he goes like this, and the guy takes a step back, I'm like, Somebody was about to pull out a gun on another human being for yelling at them. And that person was yelling at that person because they cut them off in traffic. How petty have we become? How little, how little have we become that we are going to let an infraction like that? Oh, but yeah, but we're gonna sit here on Sunday morning. We're gonna sing our songs. Oh God, I trust in you so much. You know what? People looked at Jesus and they scoffed him openly. They spoke nasty about him. He was here. and he, he was standing right here and they were right here. Why is he doing what he's doing? And Jesus didn't go, hey, mister, what are you doing? Jesus said, let me tell you a story. We're going to look at this this week. Let me tell you a story. But let, let, let me let you in on what ha- happened to me. And what I have going on, Jesus endured so much more. We are Christians, we have to be bigger. This world, we the world should look at look at us and go, man, we make a mountain out of a molehill. But instead, like that, the world makes a mountain out of a molehill, and and Christians can endure it. You know what has happened? Instead of seeing that, they see Christians. Oh my goodness. They're selling these clothes at Target. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, because that's a mountain out of a molehill. It's a molehill. What matters more is how we treat one another, that we love one another like Christ loved us. And, and, and we don't let those things get in the way of us loving each other. I Okay. Y'all see my heart? I'm I'm really about this. So let's get to the text now. Okay. So in the text, Peter has said, I want to encourage you that those hard times that you face actually prove whether or not you really believe what you believe. And then he comes to this place in verses 10 through 12. And he says, let me tell you about the salvation that you trust in the salvation that you're waiting for. He says about the salvation. He says, The prophets have inquired and searched diligently about this salvation. The ones who prophesied the grace that should come unto you, they were searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. The Spirit, when it it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, it was revealed to those prophets that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you By them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Um, Hey, uh, brother, Sam, will you bring up the next slide? And we'll read this through the NLT as well, because sometimes uh, it's better just first to have some flavor here. So he says this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this grace, gracious salvation prepared for you they wondered what time or situation the spirit of christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about the about christ's sufferings and his great glory afterward they were told that their message that their messages were not for themselves but for you and now this is good and now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the holy spirit sent from heaven it is also, so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen or unfold. So uh, we have that text. What I started out with this morning is once we get to this moment, Peter wants to encourage these, these people who have newly been born into an exilic community. He wants to encourage them and say, hey, you are part of a rich heritage. And now you are new couriers of this legacy. He does that, uh, he, he does that in these verses by tying them with the Old Testament prophets. He brings them together. Listen, you trust in Jesus who you've not seen, but you love and you trust him for his salvation. Guess what? The prophets prophesied about Jesus and they didn't even know, they hadn't seen him yet. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen, and they knew they weren't even prophesying for themselves. They were giving these prophecies for the future generations of which this would be revealed. So they get tied into this continuity with the prophets and say, hey, look, just like you believe in Jesus whom you've not seen, they were testifying of Jesus who they had not seen. Pretty cool, huh? Not just interesting information, tying them together and saying, hey, listen, here's how we, I want you to see some continuity here. You're not, as an exile, you might feel like you're all alone and like you're in this brave new world all by yourself. You're not, you're not. He ties them to the Old Testament prophets. And this is what I want us to see today. Sometimes it's so wild to me that I hear people going, man, this world that we live in today, and I remember 25 years ago, people saying the same things. And I bet you remember 25 years before that, people saying the same things. But we keep acting like it's a brand new endeavor. Like, what's ha- do you see what they're doing to Christians now? What are they doing to Christians now? Well, let me tell you what they were doing to Christians in the first century. In the second century way worse than just like maybe talking about they might want to tax them you know i mean it's just way worse than that it was what they were doing but we every time we come to a new spot a new danger a new hostility we act like it's a brand new thing and i don't know how i'm and he goes No, no no it's not a brand new thing listen let's remember let's tie you back to the prophets you're, you're part of this rich heritage. You're, you're not part of a new community. You, you are carrying on an old legacy. And here's something else that I see. Okay, so he ties them back together with the prophets, and then a whole lot of s- things start opening up from this. All right? The big point that we're going to get to in a m- minute is this. The big point is this. The same spirit that was speaking through the prophets is the spirit that proclaimed the good news of Jesus to you through whoever evangelized you, whoever told you the good news about Jesus. And that same spirit, which was alive in them and, and spoke through them and, and, and spoke through the ones who spoke through you, is now in you and, and, and now you live in that spirit. And, and here again, what does this mean? The same spirit of Christ led him to the cross to humbly. Silently, patiently endure the suffering and the shame. That same spirit is in you and me. So what should we do? Should we proudly and arrogantly (laughs) and and, and, in great uh, hostility face wrongs done to us? Or should we humbly and patiently endure any manner of wickedness done against us? Should we curse our enemies or should we bless those who are different than us? Should we rail against everything we see going wrong or should we live in a way that reveals there's another way to live that's the big point that we want to see here the same spirit the same spirit the same spirit the same spirit and that same spirit didn't just tell us about jesus we've seen jesus live and that same spirit shows us how to live like Jesus and empowers us. You might go, I, I don't have it within me. You're right. You, you don't in and of yourself, but through the spirit, you do. Here's something that I think is cool is when we get tied back to the prophets, here's what you find out. A, it's not a brand new endeavor. It's this ancient endeavor that all those who are lived by the, uh, the grace of God and are filled with his spirit, they all face hard times. They, they've all actually had great wrongs d- done to them. They're not the people who, all, who live in power. They're actually usually the people who live underneath. It, it, we, we forget this a lot of times. We forget that, 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 that this text is not about a bunch of people who were ruling and reigning. This uh, text is about a bunch of people who were on the underside of power. Joseph in the pit and in prison, the underside of power. Yeah, but he ended up at the right hand. That is, that's the gospel story. The gospel story is I live in this world where I don't have ruling, reigning, authority, power. And I live in this world and I look like Jesus and I follow Jesus because Jesus, he, he, he suffered and died. And then God raised him up. God raised him up and gave him a place and a name that is above every name. So When we get tied back to the prophets, we get tied back to people like Joseph. Joseph who did no wrong and yet was thrown in the pit. Joseph who did no wrong and yet was sent to prison because somebody lied about him and made a false accusation about him, right? Wow, okay. The same spirit that was in Joseph is the same spirit that's in you and me. The same spirit that was at work in Christ. When we get tied back to the prophets, we get tied to people like uh, Elijah, whom Jezebel said put a bounty on his head. We get tied back to people like that. And we remember what happened to Elijah. Elijah, he, he needed to get courage and he needed to get strength. He he went out into the desert and he sat underneath the juniper tree and he said, listen, i wish I was never born. Actually today could be my last day and that would be fine. And the Lord took him on a journey and the Lord encouraged him and he gave him, he gave him, uh, he gave him what he needed so that he could go and he could courageously face the hard times. Here's the thing that I want us to see about some of these things. When we get tied back and we go, Hey, this isn't a brand new moment. We're part of this ancient, rich heritage. And we are now new couriers of this legacy. We got to go look back and go, how did they face the hard times? How did they endure it? Let's remember their stories. Uh, we, get, we, get, we get tied back even like with people like uh, David. Oh, King David. What was David before he was king? He was a fugitive on the run from Saul. And important to David's story is when he had the opportunity to take out Saul, he didn't take out Saul. He said, I'm going to trust in what God has spoken over me. I'm going to trust that God will do the work. I don't need to go and act violently against the Lord's anointed and so, We get tied back to our liberating King Jesus, who we've already spoken about. And we've said, hey, look, he endured all the hostility, all the accusations, all the naysaying, all the scoffing. Could you imagine, just put yourself in Jesus's shoes for a second? Like you're, you're gathered in church on a Sunday or, or, or just think about this. If it was in our cultural context and somebody comes in and they don't look like they belong here. And Jesus brings them in and he sits with them. And he heals them. And instead of us going, that's awesome, praise God, we go, how dare he bring that person here? Why would he do that in the middle of our church service? Y'all, we think this is crazy, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we had a bunch of transgender people start showing up to our church, I bet instead of us going, we're gonna worship with them, we would go, what do we do? How do we do it? So I would imagine that if we could put that in context, that's exactly what Jesus was facing. Or you would feel like it's my duty to tell them how wrong they are. And you know what I see with Jesus? With Jesus, I don't just see him rallying against people who are broken. You know who he rails against? The only people I ever see him railing against. And it's not even out of hate or hostility or, 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 or anything like that. It is out of love. It is the arrogant religious people who think that they do no wrong and they can see the wrong in everybody else. see, I I wish that we could start asking this, this question, how can we get people who are broken into our church? How can we be a church that they know they're welcome here? And I'm not talking about, we don't have to put out a political statement or whatever, I'm talking about just by how we treat people. Would they know? that they walked into this place, that they are welcome because this is a place where all of us understand that we're all broken. Not one of us is righteous. Not one of us. And in fact, what we really believe is despite the fact that we're broken, God loves us with an everlasting love. The same spirit was at work in Joseph. David, Elijah, Jesus, to reveal that God loves every last one of us. Not because we don't do any wrong, but because he's God and that's his character, to love us. And that same spirit equips people who are facing hostility and anger and nastiness from other people to endure that with patience and humility and kindness and generosity and love. See, my brothers and sisters, we're not in a new moment here at all. This is actually what has been going on since the dawn of time. The people who have power and authority are always taking advantage of those who don't have power and authority. People who, who, who live patient, humble, tempered lives, they usually get taken advantage of or they, or, or they get made an example out of. Guess what, that's not new. And it's not a new moment for you and I to have our fears strike. We don't have to start operating in the back of our brain. We can stay right here in our frontal lobe with the power of the Spirit. And in the power of the Spirit, we can continue to endure like Joseph endured when Potiphar's wife said he was trying to come after me when she was the one trying to come after him. We can endure... Like Jesus, when they said he's trying to convince people that he's something that he's not. And when we do this, here's what I want us to see. That same spirit, when we live by the spirit, that same spirit that spoke through the prophets about Jesus, that same spirit who spoke through the evangelist to Peter's audience and to you, so that you believe the good news, that same spirit speaks through us. That same spirit speaks. That same spirit speaks through our love, patience, generosity, hospitality, kindness in the face of hostility. The spirit speaks. And guess what happens when the spirit speaks? Jesus tells us, that the spirit is the one that reproves this world. He says, you don't have to reprove this world. You don't have to correct this world. You don't have to judge this world. You know what? That's the spirit's job. And so when the spirit speaks and we welcome people in, if we get broken people come in here, the spirit speaks. You know what? The spirit is able to do the correcting and you and I don't have to do it. The spirit is the one who's able to do the healing and you and I don't have to be worried about that. The spirit is the one that operates And speaks as we are couriers of the spirit. So my brothers and my sisters, we are not in a new moment. There's no reason for us to be afraid. We are part of an ancient heritage and a rich legacy. But here's the deal. You and I, we're the new couriers of this legacy. You and I are the new couriers of this legacy. That means that we're the new couriers of the spirit. And thank God it's not just you and I. There's people all over this world that are couriers of the same spirit. But as we go out this week, as we go out this week, let's live by the same spirit that was speaking through the prophets, by the same spirit that preached to the evangelists then the good news and to the evangelists who evangelized you the good news. And let's let the spirit speak through us. For the good of this world, yes but also to do the healing, restoring, reproving, correcting work that the Spirit is able to do. If you've never received the Spirit, I pray that today you would receive the Spirit. But those of us, I look around, I think most of us have. So let's go live in the power of the same Spirit. Amen? Uh, Y'all join me in a word of prayer.